0: So Matthew 28, starting at verse 1. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord had come down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. Christ is risen, is risen indeed.
1: Well, good morning, everyone, and a very, very happy Easter to you. It's just lovely to see the full church and um, people come from far and wide. Uh, As I came in this morning, I met people from Ireland and Scotland. Has anyone come further than that? No? Some come from Sunshine Beach? No? (laughs) It's lovely to have you here and to be worshipping the risen Lord. My friends, we all love a good rescue story, don't we? It might be the story of a swimmer carried out to sea in a rip and they're dragged in to shore, coughing and spluttering but still alive. And we praise the lifesaver, don't we, who brought them in. It might be the person lost on a bushwalk spent a number of nights out in the cold, damp terrain, but then is winched out on the helicopter. And we praise all those bushwalkers who staged the coordinated search that found uh, the lost person. Or it might be uh, people in their flooded home with the water quickly rising, and then the rescue team turns up in the little tinny and loads the people and a few possessions on board and takes them off to safety. And we praise the SES volunteers. We all love a good rescue story, don't we? It always makes the news. Have you ever thought, though, that the most fantastic rescue story ever told is actually this Easter story? Now, at first, that may seem strange. I mean, the narrative of Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, the Passover and Last Supper, prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus' arrest, his trial before Pilate and Herod. The scourging, the crucifixion, the burial and then this marvellous story of him alive again on the third day. Now you may think that's all great material for a passion play but where's the rescue story? Well to understand the rescue you have to understand the whole of the Bible story and how this fits into it. The story of the Bible is the story of human beings in a mess and God entering history at various points in order to complete a search and rescue mission. The reason for the mess is given to us in the first three chapters of Genesis. God created a beautiful world where God was creator and we were his marvellous creation, wonderful creatures made in his image. We were the pinnacle of his creation. Everything was in beautiful balance. While we recognised that God was God and we were the creatures. But then things changed. We gave in to the enticing idea that we would like to be God. And that God should be there at our service to do what we want when we want it. You see, the problem in every human heart is that we're fiercely independent. And living under God's rule and authority is not in our nature. Well, we might have given up on God, but God hasn't given up on us. God has a search and rescue plan. It started with Abraham. Through Abraham, he was calling a people to belong to himself, to come back and live his way and be his people and belong to him. He gave his people the law through his servant Moses. The law was meant to get them back on track. God raised up King David to show them what a man after God's heart might look like, what it might look like to actually be in a close relationship with God. And then King Solomon, so that he could speak God's wisdom to the people. God sent numerous prophets to tell the people that the reason for the mess they were in was that they were trying to be God instead of letting God be God. And the prophet's message was simple, repent. And allow God now to truly be God, acknowledge him as God alone. Well, some of these rescue missions enjoyed partial success, the people did repent. But whenever things started to improve, people just got selfish again, forgot about God, and life got messy again. And finally, God sends his only son. You see, the Son is just like the Father, fully God—a chip off the old block, you might say. The Son, Jesus, is fully God, and He comes to the rescue. Jesus is given His name at birth precisely because it means "God rescues." That's what Jesus—the name Jesus means. In Jesus' life and teaching, He made it very clear that the way He would rescue us is through His death and resurrection. his death and resurrection. Now if you step out of the 21 centuries of Christian history for just a minute, you'd have to concede that's a weird plan. We've got used to it, haven't we? We've had so many Easter's where we've heard the story and we've just got used to it. But if you step out of that Christendom for just a minute, it's weird. Jesus' first disciples thought it was weird They fail to understand it at every point until after the resurrection, of course. Our 1 Corinthians reading on Good Friday talked about it as foolishness. But then went on to say the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. It's a weird plan, yes, Jesus' death and resurrection, but it is the wisdom of God. Now, Matthew's account of Jesus' death and resurrection is the most supernatural of all the four Gospels. It begins in a very simple way. We're told that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. In the other Gospels, the women have spices for anointing the body. But Matthew says that they were simply going to look. The sense here is of mourners going to the graveside to sit and reflect. They're probably just wanting to pour out their grief in peace and quiet. However, that's the last thing they get, isn't it? (laughs) Matthew's account of the resurrection gives us a violent earthquake, an angel whose appearance is like lightning, and guards falling over like dead men, hardly peace and quiet. Matthew's gospel is the most Jewish of all the gospels. So this supernatural feel about it is to be expected. At all of the high points in God's intervention in Israelite history, in him coming to the rescue, at all of those points there were, remac- rem- there were miraculous signs. So why shouldn't there be supernatural signs here at this ultimate rescue? You see, the God who remained silent at the crucifixion, who let the most horrendous evil have its day on Good Friday, is now thundering forth vindicating his son vindicating the son's obedience and it's the great reversal what looked like an abhorrent defeat is now clearly seen as a most triumphant victory and this victory is actually so much more than just supernatural power for the sake of power or the promise of life after death what's happening here is actually God something doing something totally new starting something totally uh, remarkable It is actually the new age promised by the prophets. As Isaiah put it, uh, it's about proclaiming good news to the poor, proclaiming freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And so, you see, the rescue is not just something for the next life. It's about engaging in the mission of Jesus in this life, So people start to feel the reality of being saved now. That uh, message of the angel to the woman was to go and tell his disciples to meet him in Galilee. And so they race off, but they don't get very far because then they meet Jesus. And he has exactly the same (coughs) message. He says, go and tell my brothers to meet me in Galilee. And if you go down to verse 16, uh, we see what happens there. It it says, uh, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And what happens on that mountain? Well, Jesus gives them the great commission. Go and make disciples of all nations. You see, the resurrection's not just about the next life, it's about the kingdom of God come here and now, making disciples now. It's about all of the teaching uh, of Jesus in Matthew's gospel. And remember, Matthew has that wonderful Sermon on the Mount, It has wonderful parables. It's a teaching gospel. And so it's about taking all of that teaching and putting it into practice here and now. It's about being disciples of Jesus, living his risen life and making the kingdom of God a reality now. We all love a good rescue story, don't we? Do you remember the Chile Mine Rescue back in 2010? It's going back a little way, but it's still vivid in my mind. 33 miners were trapped 700 metres underground for two months. But they were rescued one by one in this specially made little capsule. Have a look at this.
2: Again and again and again prayers answered. It all began shortly after midnight local time, as a rescue engineer strapped into the 26-inch wide escape capsule named Phoenix 2, and then began the still-unproven man-trip below, 2,040 feet down a shaft through some of the hardest rock on earth. 17 minutes, 22 seconds later, first contact. It worked on the way down and soon, as a billion viewers around the world watched the image like a transmission from the moon, 31-year-old Florenzio Avalos would prove with this first trip to the surface, the capsule worked both ways. <laughs> At 11 minutes after midnight, as Florenzio was the first to end the 70-day crisis, his son, 7-year-old Byron, touched everyone's hearts. Up next, 39-year-old Mario Sepulveda. When he cleared the escape pod, his celebration thrilled a nation. He surprised Chile's president and rescuers with souvenirs, pieces of rock from the cave-in. His energy belying a man trapped in a mine for more than two months. They now call him Super Mario. He hugged and kissed just about everyone and then said of his ordeal, I met God, I met the devil, God won. No one has needed a stretcher. In fact, all the miners look remarkably fit. Still, paramedics use one into the triage area. where the survivor's first request is met, a hot shower.
1: Yeah, a hot shower. (laughs) We love a good rescue story, don't we? Well, my friends, the joy of Jesus' rescue is all this and so much more so much more. The resurrection, it saves us from our sin, saves us from death, puts joy in our hearts, yes, it's a personal salvation, but the resurrection brings people together to actually join in God's rescue plan to see others saved as well. That's what the church is all about, you see, the kingdom of God is now and the church is God's rescue team making it happen. And we're not invited just to be rescued, but to join the team that's rescuing others as well. Do you know the joy of Christ's resurrection, his victory over death? Do you know the joy of being part of the team, spreading the good news of his resurrection? Now, if this is something new for you, uh, I want to encourage you to explore it further. What I do here on a Easter Sunday service is so limited, but you can explore it further through what we offer in Alpha. Alpha is a 10-week program which looks at the resurrection. It looks at also a lot of other questions about life and faith and meaning, uh, and it helps you explore those in a very relaxed and friendly environment. We've got an information meeting happening next Sunday right here at this church, 3 o'clock next Sunday afternoon. And there's a card on your seat which has that detail there, so you can take that home today to help you remember when that meeting's on. But you're invited to come and explore it further. You may be a non-believer just inquiring here this morning. But if you're inquisitive, if you're inquiring, Alpha will be good for you. You may be a believer but still have lots of unanswered questions. Well, Alpha's good for you too. Come next Sunday uh, at 3 o'clock. You can talk to me after the service if you want to uh, commit to that or send an email or a phone call during the week, or you can just turn up. Uh, We'd love to see you. So, my friends, today we celebrate the risen Christ, the joy of his rescue. May you know the joy, the power, the wonder, the glory of his resurrection in all its fullness this Easter. God bless you.